Hey, hey, welcome back. Today, this episode is for all of my female listeners. Oh, wait, that's pretty much all of you. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about something that we're all going to experience or maybe experiencing right now. So I thought it was a great topic to discuss. I always take your feedback. I read my DMs. I read your reviews on the podcast. I get emails from you with topics to discuss. And I actually love that because I love hearing from you and what you want to learn about. And I had a lot of people actually ask me recently, can you talk about premenopause, perimenopause, menopause? I just feel like I want to learn about that. And as I read those, I thought, oh my gosh, this is an area I actually truthfully don't know that much about because I'm not there yet. But I have learned through my own mistakes and my own experiences that when you are prepared for something, you can better overcome it, go through it, and it isn't so stressful. So for example, with my twins, if I had understood how the core worked, how the pelvic floor worked, how I needed to breathe differently before I had them, then I would have healed much better afterwards and I wouldn't have done some of the things I did, which created diastasis recti for me. So I'm going to talk today and I'm going to have on an expert so that we can learn about this if you are not in menopause or you are not even in premenopause. You should still listen because, again, what we know ahead of time helps us master it in the situation. We are going to be talking with Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is a DO, an OBGYN, and an FACOG. She has served tens of thousands of women in private practice and literally millions through her books and online videos and articles for 20 plus years. She is triple board certified and a fellow of gynecology and obstetrics, integrative medicine, anti-aging, and regenerative medicine. She specializes in functional medicine, sexual health, and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. She is also an author of three books, and the one I'm looking forward to reading is her USA Today bestseller, The Hormone Fix, which I think looks fascinating. I plan on reading it myself. And she is frequently sourced in Forbes, People, Mind Body Green, ABC, NBC, CBS. She's honestly amazing. And truly, she has a very personal and professional mission to provide proven pragmatic solutions to women with menopausal health challenges so that they can lead the life they want, need, and deserve. Also, she's a mom of four daughters, two horses, and a little son in heaven. And on the weekend, she can be found driving her Ford truck and hauling her horses to the horse shows. I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Anna Kabeka. You are going to love her. Now, let me also say that Again, I'm not an expert in this area, so she had some really different opinions that I hadn't heard, and so I'm excited to share them with you because I feel like the more we can learn and the more we can see things differently and even add in one or two of the things that she said, the better off we're going to be because sometimes health is scary, and I built this podcast to try to simplify things. So if you hear a ton of information today, don't let it stress you out. Pick out a few things and add it into your life and, you know, go from there and see how you feel. 
Also, if today's episode is helpful, I would love if you would share it with your friends, family, on social media. Don't forget to tag me if you do share it on social media. And as always, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And I always appreciate more than you know your reviews. It makes a huge difference for the podcast. Now let's get right into this episode with Dr. Kabeka, and her nickname is The Girlfriend Doctor, which truthfully, based on what we're talking about today, she is definitely our girlfriend. So let's Let's get into it. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Hey, Anna, I am so glad you're here today. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I am so happy to be here, Andrea. Thanks for having me. So this is a topic that is very foreign for me, if I'm honest. And as I asked you to be on the show, I started researching it, and I was like, there are so many phases of this. First of all, there's you know, the premenopause and perimenopause and, and menopause. And it said that they range, is this true? Does it range from two to 10 years? Even longer, oh even gosh. longer. I have clients suffering. They've like experienced transition symptoms for five to 15 years. Okay. Which, yeah. So I wanted to have you on because I learned when we had the twins that a lot of stuff that if I had known before I had the twins, it would have helped my core heal faster. My pelvic floor would have done better if I understood things. My core would have done better. My mental health would have done better if I had prepared myself ahead of time. So when I had a couple followers say, can you talk about this? I thought that is smart because we need to know the information before we hit that point. So we're ready. It puts our game face on. It makes us feel in charge. It makes us feel not lost because I know a lot of women feel lost when they hit that point. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. First, let's get into your background and why you got into the field you're in right now. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to talk about this because I think also the more women know at an earlier age, the less suffering, right? I always say menopause is normal and mandatory. Every woman will go through it. Suffering is optional. So, and there's so much we can do at a young age to make the transition seamless, seamless. So I'm glad we'll get into that. And I have, I have loved women's health and I am in it because, you know, let's say, you know, your mess becomes your message. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that down to like my deepest soul. Your mess becomes your message. Yes, that is so true. It is so true. So uh, for me, I had early menopause at age 39. And here I was, Emory University trained, OBGYN, you know, uh, an expert, like really already digging into biodynamical hormones, expert in the field and age management. And I was, you know, I was diagnosed with early in early menopause and infertility. And it was, it was devastation upon devastation for me and my husband at the time. Yeah. You know, we had wanted to have another child and, you know, my reproductive endocrinologist said after I'd failed numerous rounds of the highest dose of injectable fertility meds, that my only option was egg donation possibly. Wow. So that, that was, you know, not guaranteeing that would work or not work. And he said, that would be your only option. 
And it, it really, that took me on a journey around the world, Andrea. And from there, I met with um, healers from around the world in, you know, that were based on traditional philosophies and practices handed down. And it was really amazing. I also met with some of the world's leading scientists. But as a result of that journey, I, um, early, and I say with God's grace, early menopause was reversed. But you can reverse it? Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> I spontaneously became pregnant with my daughter, Ava Marie. So now I'm 55 with a 14-year-old. Oh, <laughs> that is, am- I didn't, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk about this. That's amazing. And you're right, because if you went down that road, you were like, I have to help other women because you saw what it did for you to make some shifts and obviously to even have some processes slowed down. And reversed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's longevity at its best. When we can resume ovarian function, the longer and healthier ovarian function we have, the healthier we age. Wow. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about those different phases. You know, I know there's a few different, you know, you mentioned um, premenopause, perimenopause, menopause. I know there's a couple. Let's talk about what those are. How, how they differentiate and how you can maybe recognize them maybe? Yeah, yeah. And I said, we were talking a little bit before, you know, I really, I, I like this idea of rebranding menopause. Yes. Because <laughs> the terminology <laughs> is terrible. The terminology is terrible. So menopause, and again, it, it, it's just terrible. And it, consider this though, menopause, what does that bring up in you when you hear it, right? It's it's not like, not lovely. In um, It's scary, Japan, to be honest. It's scary. When and I think a, about that, I'm like, oh. My, my womanhood stripped from me. <laughs> you're, you're not alone. You're not alone. And that's how, I don't know how we started to think about that in that way. But I, great. I, it does need rebranded. You're exactly right. I know. We're going to come up with it. We're going to get strategic. Yeah, we are going to work mm-hmm. on that. Well, I, I found in my journeys around the world, like one thing was really profound in Japan. They don't have a word menopause. They say koninki, which means hmm. second spring. Sign me up for that one, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm totally into the second spring of my life, and spring. Oh, wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. So to be clear, too, I went through early menopause at 39, and then now I'm 55, and I'm finally postmenopausal. So menopause means 12 months since your last menstrual period. Okay. The day of 12 months of your last menstrual period. I mean, it's terrible terminology because what happens if you go, as I had, you know, be uh, a year before the pandemic? So funny. So the pandemic hit. All my girls, I have four daughters, my uh, stepdaughter, Brittany, and my daughters, Amanda and Mira, my youngest, who is 14, um, by far everyone else is grown-ish. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but they're grown-ish. And um, anyway, they all come into my house and we're all living together. And I was, you know, a month from declaring menopause at 53 and all the girls are living with me. Lo and behold, my period came back. (laughs) So now I'm girls, 55. So I can relate. That is hilarious. The hormones are just thriving and jiving in your house. So. so true. So true. There is something about that. Everyone on their period at the same time. It was pretty, it was pretty funny uh, for a little bit. 
so great. And so, so great. menopause is that day, 12 days after your last period. And that's confusing because how does someone with a hysterectomy know or an endometrial ablation know? And that's where it really gets confusing. And postmenopause is that day beyond that. You know, every the rest of our lives beyond that, we're considered postmenopausal. And we even have a syndrome. If you're symptomatic postmenopause, you now have a diagnosis code for postmenopausal syndrome. <laughs> that lovely. And then perimenopause is the symptomatic period before menopause. So like it can be from your mid thirties to mid fifties that you're perimenopausal, you know, whatever that means. Right. And premenopause is that, you know, asymptomatic time before menopause. Again, rebrand necessary. <laughs> so peri is before premenopause? Yep. Okay. And it sounds like it, no, peri is after, like it's technically after premenopause and perimenopause have overlap. They certainly okay. do just based on the definition. So what is the difference between them really? Often we use perimenopause to define this time period of symptomatic menopause, right? Okay. And we use menopause as a general time frame versus that one day. And, you know, by definition, it's just that one day, 12 months after your last period. Okay. So, but I use the term menopause, you know, to express this menopause, perimenopause, early postmenopause kind of time frame. So uh, I have a question for yet? you. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, I got a couple questions. So I fully understand menopause, you know, 12 months. So what are signs and things of perimenopause and premenopause? Yeah. Like, how do you recognize those? Because I'm like, I don't know if I'd even recognize them, which is why I feel like it's good to know ahead of time. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, I think I wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Or I would just assume like, Hey, what's going on with me, you know, and not label it as it is. Yeah. And perimenopause really should be, and I use it, I use perimenopause as the symptomatic time period around menopause. And that's how I use perimenopausal because by definition, peri is really around, right? Okay. Versus pre. And so these perimenopausal symptoms that are occurring, whether you're 12 months, you know, whether you're before your period ending or after, is that anxiety, depression, mood swings, irritability. The GYN symptoms are, you know, the irregular menstruation, breakthrough, bleeding, um, heavier than normal or less frequent, more painful. I mean, those are often the reasons that people come into the gynecologist, right? They come into yeah. the gynecologist because of those symptoms. But with that, it's this perimenopause is actually a time of neuroendocrine vulnerability. And this is this was so profound to me because often understanding this process relates to, you know, what is happening physiologically. It's not just our hormones, it's our you know, our, our nervous system is being affected. The anxiety, the difficulty sleeping, the hot flashes, the mood swings, the, you know, brain fog, the loss of sexual desire, all of those are really neurologic symptoms. Okay. And as women experience this, as, and as I experience this, I mean, I've been a student of hormones for a long time, but until I went through my own hormone hell, essentially, then I didn't understand exactly what was going on until actually, you know, I kept digging to find solutions to help me smooth out the transition, right? To yeah. just naturally transition. So there are signs of it and we can be aware of. So let's talk about how that affects us. That I think is a big thing because we, we know it's coming. We know there's a long phase, like you said, anywhere from mid thirties to like mid fifties could be, you know, perimenopause. That's a long, that's a 20 year window. So how can it affect it? Like, for example, let's start with like, how does it affect our ability to maintain or, or lose weight? 
And then even like, how does it affect, you know, our sex life with another big piece of our, of our uh, hormones? It is, it is huge. And how, you know, and this was part of um, my journey and transition. I'll talk about this through my own story because I mentioned early menopause at 39 and reverse that. And then at 48, I started this downward spiral again. And mm-hmm. I start, and I started experiencing what my patients would come in experiencing. They'd say, Dr. Anna, I've gained five, 10, 20 pounds and I haven't done anything different. And I'd be, you know, I'm like, Oh, well, let me, you know, check thyroid and this stuff as a young cocky doctor. And in my brain, I was thinking, that's me. There's a, there's- <laughs> that's me. When someone tells me, I'm like, you need to go get your hormones checked. So that's why I'm like, yes, tell us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, and it wasn't that they were sneaking Snickers bars in their purses yeah. or anything like that. It's this hormonal transition. So when that happened to me and I gained, and I'd been well over 240 pounds at one time, Andy, and now, you know, I lost that weight and I kept it off and it started climbing back up 20 pounds without doing anything different. I'm like, what is going on here? And not only that, but brain fog, irritability, mood swings. And by that time I had, um, at that time at 48, I had a daughter in high school, a daughter in middle school, and a wee one in elementary school. And like when you have um, brain fog and memory loss issues, teenage daughters will manipulate you. <laughs> I only have children under eight and they already manipulate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you cannot have that state of mind, right? And I My husband will swing. be like, don't do that to your mother. She's not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But now she figures out like if I'm on a podcast recording, she can come in and, 100%. and she's like- They know. They can, they can know. slip and buy themselves diamond rings. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be done. In one minute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, that's so, true. Though, the brain fog. The brain fog. And all of that was happening at the same time, but it was that weight gain that was triggering for me. And yeah. I, so that's what took me on a very carb restricted diet. Okay. And I, I started like, oh my gosh, like I felt like I was hitting a wall. I didn't feel good. I called it keto cranky or keto yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and I recognized because as a physician and an integrated physician in my practice, I would put clients with neurologic issues, seizures, um, candidiasis issues, you know, yeast infection on a very carb restricted diet, more of a keto diet. And I, um, and I, the ones in perimenopause would say, Dr. Anna, I just feel like I'm hitting a wall. I'm not feeling good. Well, then I understood that. I'm like, what is going on? And that led me to just start checking my urine, my urine pH, because I make my patients do that. And I was as acidic as the urine pH paper read. And so that was like, oh my gosh, what? That was an aha moment for me. It's like, no wonder my body's like breaking down itself in order to survive at this point for that mineral balance. So urine pH is a biomarker. I'm not talking about blood pH. There's a lot of things out there about, you know, blood pH, but urine pH is a biomarker that tells you how well you are uh, relating to your environment. So from the way we're eating our food to turns out stress factors. So I started adding more of those alkalinizing greens back, but I stayed really low carb because I wanted to, I didn't want to gain any more weight. I was terrified. So the dark green leafies, the beet greens, the arugula, the herbs and spices and, you know, extra maca and um, things that would really help with alkalinization, sprouts, et cetera. And I showed you my plate now. I just had a handful of microgreens on there. It's always a big part of adding to a healthy composition of eating. Before we move on, will you explain what those are like 
the greens, the microgreens and stuff, just so everyone knows. Because I don't want anyone to go to the store and be like, I'm looking for microgreens. What, <laughs> like, uh, what exact items do you feel like would be helpful for those? Yeah, sometimes there are microgreens that are just labeled and they can be anything oh. from like clover or you know, different types of sprouts. And, um, but like, I like things like broccoli sprouts. That's one of my favorite foods because it's high in dim diendol methane, which is a detoxifier for estrogen. Okay. And and so that's really, that's really helpful in balancing. So, and again, it's low, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's supportive of your body and it is low, um, carbohydrate. So that can be very balancing. If you have an an imbalance, if you're feeling an imbalance and you're feeling that gain, I've mentioned on the podcast before that fats are hormone whisperers. They they do help us. They help us stabilize our brain. They're good for our brain. There's so many things. So I see why you would do that with clients that were struggling in trying to balance out and, and shift what they're experiencing yes. to level it out. I see that. Well, hormones are derived from cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that. The low fat movement of the 80s when I was in high school and college, I mean, that is destructive. We have women suffering because of that brainwashing and that yeah. low fat time period. So again, it's never too early to change things up. So healthy fats is certainly a big part of that. And what I found is though, the mornings I would do my gratitude journaling, my prayer devotion, my walk on the beach, I was my urine pH was more alkaline each day. So that's why my approach is, is it's about what we eat. But it's about how we live. It's about the lifestyle, the thoughts we keep, the things that we do to lower cortisol, Mm -hmm. the stress hormone, and to empower oxytocin, the love hormone. So those are things that improve the physiology. But what I noted during the stage of, you know, shifting at 48 with that full blown is, is this approach not only helped me drop that weight really quickly, but I had this clarity, like the brain fog was lifted because so many women, when they would come into my practice and they'd be like, Dr. Anna, I have some timers. I don't know what's going on. All associated with perimenopausal brain fog. And we're like, oh, well, that's just part of aging, right? It's not part of aging. The difference is, is that your brain is starving for fuel because as our hormones 35 and up start fluctuating, progesterone starts declining, add in stress, which steals more progesterone to make cortisol, your progesterone is declining more, estrogen and testosterone is also declining. Well, the brain's ability to use glucose for fuel, it's one of the biggest organs that sucks up the most glucose, right? It is hormone dependent. Gluconeogenesis in the brain is estrogen dependent. But the use of ketones in the brain is not hormone dependent. So all of a sudden I had this energized enlightenment, this clarity, and this, you know, I felt amazing. Not the part about getting into ketosis, but in an alkaline, very balanced green state to uh, affect it. So that combination was powerful. And the research wasn't even out yet about ketones in the brain for women in perimenopause. And this is, you know, I I stumbled upon this research a couple years later. I'm like, no wonder. Imaging the brain, we see this drop in the glucose utilization, we see this spike in all those perimenopausal symptoms I mentioned. That gives this time of perimenopause, 35 to 55, a period uh, labeled as neuroendocrine vulnerability. So by shifting our lifestyle and our nutritional habits, boom, we transition smoothly. Well, and that would make sense to me because what I know about hormones, progesterone, 
testosterone, those are the fat metabolizers. They are excellent for maintaining weight and for helping you lose weight. So often when people are not losing weight and they do get their hormones tested, they will realize those are low. So the fact that those naturally lower when you're going through it makes sense why there would be that struggle with gain. And you're saying if you can add back in some solid healthy fats, if you can be aware of your stress. You mentioned the urine test. Is there anything like people can do on a regular basis to test that themselves to see how they're doing? Because you mentioned how helpful that was for you. So I'm just thinking for anyone, like, how could they do that? Yeah. So on my website, I have Keto pH and on Amazon, you can get Keto pH strips. It measures ketones and pH. So the only way to do a healthy, uh, to get into ketosis in a healthy way is really to focus on that alkalinity first, Okay. that urine pH. And you want it in the green. You want a urine pH seven or greater. So seven is neutral, where lower is acidic and higher is basic or more alkaline. And so seven, if you can go to sleep alkaline and wake up with an alkaline urine pH, your body is much happier. Your body is much happier. And I've been doing this online now since, you know, I came across it myself in like a in 2015. So with menopausal and postmenopausal women from you know, and from all ages from around the world. And there I was like, I don't want to check my urine pH and I don't want to do it. And once they do, they're hooked. You'll see like, if you go to my Keto Green community on Facebook, you'll see lots of pictures of urine test strips with the red and green on. And it feels like it's incredible. It's an incredible feeling to get your physiology in that condition. And it does make a difference and you're doing it the right way. It is part what we eat, but it's also that lifestyle factors too. Okay, perfect. So what about our sex lives? Like how can this affect our sex life? Because I know with when people are perimenopause and stuff, they can experience more dryness. They don't have as much of a desire. Like, is there anything we can do around even improving that as we go through this phase? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your um, Instagram video on pelvic floor exercises <laughs> and the O's. So the big true. O's. Everyone big can O's. appreciate a big O. <laughs> and it's so important. There's no, um, there's no finite line for that either. You know, I mean, we can have orgasms for the rest of our life. So yay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if it hurt, and this is the issue. So again, this time period, and I've seen this a lot, this perimenopausal time period, when number one, you've got brain fog, you're fatigued, you're, you're, you've got multitasking. We often are wearing multiple hats during this time of our lives too. And um, the last thing we want to do on our to-do list is, you know, maybe it's have sex with our husband. Like I'm too tired. Right. Yeah. But there's that part, but then there's also this other part that I discovered. So, and then there's disconnect from stress. Again, progesterone is that protective hormone. As it starts to decline, we have to do everything to support our adrenal glands and decrease cortisol so that we preserve our healthy hormonal balance as much as possible. And so when this, you know, progesterone is declining, we also get the the decline in DHEA, estrogen, and testosterone. And so we can have a decrease in vaginal moisture, thinning out of the layers of the vaginal walls all the way to the muscle layer and the dryness. And so what happens, and then not to mention, I mean, I've delivered four babies. So um, urinary incontinence issues, bladder leakage, because you've got a relaxation of those tissues. Well, with the pelvic floor exercises, and often what I use topical hormones to help, you know, reverse the hands of time on that area. Because one of, disconnect is one issue, and that's with 
high stress, we're going to disconnect in our relationship. So that's why we have to empower um, our hormone oxytocin, the hormone of connection, number one. Number two, discomfort. If we have discomfort every time we do something, why would we want to? Yeah. It's like if you're going up to play baseball and you get hit by the ball each time, why would you want to play? But women, and I've heard this from many, say, well, I'm just powering through for the sake of my marriage, for my husband. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're not having pleasure, he's not having pleasure because the number one thing, and I share this in that whole program called Sexual CPR, it's great. It's very holistic. But the number one secret I teach women about men is the number one thing they want from intimacy is your pleasure. Your turn on is his turn on. So if you're powering it through, plus there's those mirror neurons, and when you're not feeling good, feeling comfortable, you're just checking the box, he knows it. Yeah. So it, there's it that becomes disconnect. a chore and almost like we have to do it this way because it's still, you know, in air quotes, works, but that doesn't make it effective for what you're wanting between you and your partner. Right, to nourish and reignite yeah. that relationship. And the other thing for women is, okay, you've powered through, but you have an odor the next day, discharge, urinary tract infection, uncomfortable irritation. Look, I'm speaking from experience. That's why yeah. I'm so passionate about this personally and with so many of my patients. So this, you know, that transition from that change. Now we can reverse that by adding back hormone and doing pelvic floor exercise. It's never just one thing. And the nutrition, the vaginal health is an extension of your gut health. So what you're teaching with nutrition and lifestyle is so critically important to healthy sexual function. I love that you're bringing that up because if there's one thing I've learned, <laughs> it's that it is not one thing. It is always a couple of things. It is always our mental health, what we're putting in our body, how we're exercising our body, what we're allowing our brains to do with the stress and, you know, things that are going on. And they all affect it. So as people know, I often talk about the pelvic floor and I talk about a hypertonic pelvic floor and a hypotonic, which is a tight pelvic floor or a weak pelvic floor. And if it is tight, it often creates pain during sex, which creates a problem. So I love that you're saying it's the exercises, it's what we're eating. And it's even like, um, I want to talk about that cream. What cream to like help it relax? Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that. I get the food and I get the exercises, but I'm like, give me all the layers because I'm like, you know, it all, it all matters. Anything that I can do to improve something or that we can help others have ideas is fantastic because one thing doesn't work for everybody. That is so true. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Yes. It's true. Um, well, my cream is, it's called Jolva, and I created for myself and my patients to have something natural without additives that's clean and works, especially for for sexual pleasure, for those accidental bladder leaks, and to keep the vulvar tissue clitoris to anus, the most important real estate of our body, to keep it healthy. So what is in the cream? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So plant stem cells from the alpine rose is one of the key ingredients. And these stem cells have been shown to rebuild, restore collagen, you know, improve the youthfulness of skin and elasticity. So that's critical. Plus, this rose grows in the Swiss Alps and it blossoms amidst the harsh conditions of rocky terrain, ice and snow. And if that doesn't define femininity in our second spring, I don't know what does, right? <laughs> so that alpine rose stem cells, beautiful. And DHEA, which is an adrenal pro-hormone, it's um, naturally secreted by our bodies and it's part of... Um, a natural healthy immune system too, but DHEA starts to decline in both women and men 
in our mid-20s and beyond. And it is, it is a precursor to testosterone and estrogen. So at the cellular level, it converts and it helps rebuild not just the mucosal, the first layer of the vagina, but deeper layers all the way down to the muscle layer. So it mm-hmm. it's like giving that nourishment back. So it's not a lubricant, but it helps your body produce its own natural lubrication. It almost to me feels like collagen, how it helps your face, but (laughs) collagen, they say, oh, it helps your face, helps your skin. This is like cream that can help your vagina just feel a little bit rejuvenated and take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a little bit goes a long way. So, I mean, again, I'm from the school of compounding hormones and writing prescriptions. So I wanted to create something even better. And, um, when I stopped practice, my patients were like, Dr. Anna, no one will write your, you know, vulvar creams or your vaginal creams. So I'm like, let me come up with something over the counter. So that's where Jolva came from. And, um, and we have like thousands and thousands of testimonials, physician around the world recommend this because it helps turn back that hand of time. But always, again, you've got to keep the floor healthy. You've got to keep your pelvic floor healthy. You have to um, have a healthy, low inflammatory diet to have sexual desire and sexual yeah. function. You have and to you do all the that. things. <laughs> you have to do all those things. So, you, And the key thing is we don't get that negative feedback from the discharge, the urinary tract infection. I have so many clients who had recurrent urinary tract infections. They start using Jolva and their symptoms that, you know, completely re- reverses, resolves. And that's a beautiful thing too, because we're not told that. We're like, oh, I had a patient, Nancy, she was 57, and she said, met the love of her life. She'd been divorced for 20 years, met the love of her life, and uh, was getting was engaged. And she said, Dr. Anna, I'm like, I have I'm on my third year in a tract infection. My gynecologist said I should be on a daily antibiotic at this time, and I just wanted to hear your opinion. I'm like, well, first of all, let's try this first, and let's try Jolva. Use it daily. And increase your vitamin C and also take a daily probiotic and let's see what happens. Wow. And her pleasure increased. Her She never had another urinary tract infection till today. And this is two years later. And she, you know, her relationship blossomed and they were married this last September. Wow. And she thanked me because she said, my relationship would have gone south because yeah. if I'm having pain and bladder infections, every time we have sex, I'm not going to want to have that part. And I, she goes, I, that's where I was at thinking, oh my gosh, how can I get out of this versus I'm so into it, right? Yeah. Which is where she started. And a daily antibiotic, I feel like that's a daily antibiotic. terrible, terrible. for your body. Terrible. Like that would just kill your gut system. I can't yes. even comprehend that. Yep. And it's, wow. and it's it's not an uncommon practice, sadly. Okay. So you mentioned like vitamin C. Can you give us some other simple things that we can do to try to ease us into perimenopause or menopause? Just kind of level our hormones the best we can during this second spring of our lives. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, breaking up with sugar, intermittent fasting, which we love. No more snacking. And if you um, if you don't know what intermittent fasting is, if you're listening, I do have an entire episode where I break it down exactly. I will link that in the show notes and explain how that works because it can be super effective for people. So yeah, other things that really help with sexual desire and function is again supporting the adrenal glands. So things that help support the adrenal glands are vitamin C, your B vitamins. So from the food sources we eat too, right? The dark green leafy vegetables, the beet greens, the arugula, the spices and herbs that can help like turmeric and curries. And, um, you know, it's one of the things I added to my 
very simple lunch today. You know, it was just adding some spices to make it even that much more nutritious. And and those are superfoods. And it makes it more enjoyable, truthfully. More enjoyable too, really. And your body likes it better. I think we forget and we only think like, oh, salt and pepper. And it's like, no, guys, there are so many seasonings that A, are good for you and B, will jazz up that meal so deliciously. We just have to sometimes think outside the box in that way. Yes, I think salt and pepper and <laughs> what's next, right? Yeah. It's a good, it's a good right. thing. And so, um, so vitamin C again, very important for adrenal glands and then adaptogen. So we use maca, mighty maca plus, and it's maca with 30 superfoods, all that's, you know, really work together incredibly well to support your body's natural production of DHEA. And, and that's powerful. So maca is a superfood from Peru. It grows okay. at the high altitudes in the Andes and it's like a root vegetable. And it's okay. been used by the, you know, it was reported because that was part of my healing journey. When I went to Peru, they said, well, if you're infertile, drink maca. If you're tired, drink maca. And then they would elbow my husband. So it's the Peruvian Viagra, drink some maca, right? <laughs> like, of course we're drinking maca, but I couldn't stand it. Your husband's carrying around a gallon I know, of it. right? <laughs> drinking it all the time, just mixing it up and, and drinking it down. And it, it, tasted terrible. So that's why I started adding other superfoods. I'm like, huh, maybe if we, you know, combine things that will be number one, if you have an adverse reaction, like if you're like, ah, every time you take a, a medicinal food or whatever, you're like, it's not good for your body for the long haul. So it really created it in a way that it tastes good, but adding other superfoods like the okay. turmeric, like cinnamon, like, you know, um, cat's claw herb. I mean, these really potent adaptogens, quercetin, resveratrol, grapeseed extract, right? Blueberry extract. I mean, these are powerful superfoods that really help your body. And so, so those are things that help support your, and, and maca has been shown to decrease all, um, all areas of sexual dysfunction from desire to orgasm. It really helps improve those areas, in other words. A lot of the foods you mentioned that help, I've heard of, but some of them I haven't. So my brain goes to, can I find these at the grocery store or am I going to go on a mythical journey <laughs> to track these down? So where do you find Mothos? Honestly, like, because as I'm very open that the things I don't know, I just, I just ask. So that's, you know, my question. Can you truly find them just at your local Whole Foods store or do you need to order them online or, um, you know, what are the options there? Yeah, you're not going to find maca in a local food store here. You'll fi <laughs> find imagine. it all over the the markets in Peru, though, which is so interesting. And you want Peruvian maca, maca not Chinese maca. So, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, so my maca is Mighty Maca Plus, and it's available on Amazon, and it's available in some doctor's offices around the country. You can definitely contact my team. It's available on my website. I will website. get the link for that. Do you have Oh, that? yeah. I will put the link in the show notes for people, because to me, I've learned if we actually know where we're going so we don't buy the wrong product, we don't buy a bad product that has a label slapped on it that's not even what it says it is, so we can actually get links to that, I think that would be amazing. Yeah. And actually we have a link to a four pack free trial, just pay for some shipping. And that's like, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll get you that link. So you'll have that too. Perfect. That would be ideal. So most of them you do feel like you can find on Amazon or Whole Foods store mm -hmm. or some of those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go to Target and, and <laughs> find, find it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is Perfect. That's that's great because I feel like you gave information that everyone can start at. Because sometimes I feel like when we talk about improving our health, everyone tries to add too much at once. Mm -hmm. And if you 
think about what you said. It's like, maybe you can't do that all right now, but pick one or two things that Dr. Anna pointed out and start there. And just add those or just think about those, decreasing your stress, adding some of those supplements you mentioned. Think about those and then add more and more. Think about how to modify your food. Think about what you could add in to help. And don't think, I'm going to make a list of everything she said all at once and I'm going to shift all at once. So I love that you've given a ton of different ideas and we can say, okay, I can improve one or two things at a time, call it a win and keep adding on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And these little th- little changes make the biggest difference in our physiology. I mean, because, you know, willpower is physiologic. So we have to empower our physiology so that we're not having to, you know, like rely on our willpower because I will fail every time if I have to Willpower rely. is not real. It's <laughs> about you. putting yourself in a better situation. Like when people will write me, when clients will write me and say, I just didn't have the willpower. And I'm like, really, it's that the situation was one in that you were set up to not be able to make the best choice. And so it's better to be aware of those things and shift them. I agree. I actually just did, uh, you know, and I love I love your Instagram because of all the fitness motivation. And I just did a um, Instagram reel on discipline over desire <laughs> because I never <laughs> desire to work out. I'm not that person like, give me, like, let me read a book, good book and curl up on the couch. But I'm, I have to, it's a discipline. It's a discipline yes. to go. And I'm always glad I went It's a discipline to do some movement activity every day. And I'm always glad I did. The desire may be secondary yes. <laughs> or not there at all, but um, yes. it's, it's, that's, that's what's important. And when you empower your physiology through good disciplines, you know, it's easier to yes. put the gym shoes on. It's easier to, you know, go outside for a walk. It's easier to do those things. Yeah, I love that. I always tell people you can't focus on motivation. Motivation's fleeting. Discipline and, yes. you know, determination is the true factor that you need to you know, search for and dig deep for because motivation that comes and goes with the ice cream cone walking in the room. Like it just, it it's tricky with that. So that's so true. You know, and what it just reminds me what you're saying. It's like, I always tell my girls, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? Like, what do you see for yourself? And I think this is important as we're going through some of the hormone um, struggles in perimenopause and um, menopause that we see ourselves as vibrant, vital, energetic. Like I, I see myself 20 years from now, beautiful silver hair, maybe on a private jet, going somewhere to climb a mountain, maybe, <laughs> you know, so with my lover next to me, husband of maybe 20 years, I'm single still. So, you know, it's, you know, think of what that looks like. And then my generations, my granddaughter and her family around me, you know, and friends, you know, yeah, taking them positive all with us. And I think it's easy to lose it in this um, fluctuation of hormonal changes because there's a physiology of disconnect that comes in, physiology of divorce, physiology of burnout. And the, the tools that I've learned over the years and through my own experience help empower this balanced physiology. So we make better decisions. We have better, healthier relationships, right? And that comes from having clean energy and clean boundaries. And so I encourage people, whatever you're dealing with at whatever stage, just look ahead to what you, you know, what does being a a great grandma look like to you? I mean, one of really, I had to change what mine looked like because I didn't know my grandparents. My mom passed away a year after becoming a grandmother. So I, um, as a new grandma right now, I had to reframe on a daily basis, like, 
okay, what does being a grandma look like? I have to change my thoughts about that to be a vibrant. Yeah. That's where that private jet with silver hair comes in. I love that <laughs> thought. We The episode last week was explaining, you know, do we connect you know, positive thoughts or negative thoughts to body image, to exercise, to health. If they're all negative thoughts, you're not going to enjoy the process. But if they're positive thoughts, you see the beauty in the journey. So I love that you pointed that I love that out. I think that's huge. Okay, Dr. Anna, where can we find you? Uh, find me at dranna.com. So D-R-A-N-N-A.com. That's my website. And my new book, Menu Pause, is coming out April 12th. And so that's available for pre-order. And we've got a bunch of great bonuses, like seven amazing bonuses with for my book. If you pre-order, you get all these bonuses and a $20 gift card to my store. So buy the book anywhere books books are sold. And I encourage that that you get it from your local bookstore as much as possible. Yeah, support them. And then come back. And she said menu pause. So it is a recipe book, It is. Correct? It is. Five yeah. different menu plans that each pause something. Six-day, really simple six-day menu plans. And it's 125 recipes, gorgeous color photography. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun book fun guide with a purpose. So, And you mix in all the yummy things that help balance our hormones and help us make feel better and will help hopefully slow menopause and make us feel good through it. I love that everything we talked about, you're saying, yeah, I put that all in into the it, recipes it's all and I'm going to help you out. Yep. It's all Perfect. in there. And each plan gives you something different and it's short and sustainable and you'll see symptoms will just fall away. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. What is your social media? At the Girlfriend Doctor. I love so. your name, the Girlfriend Doctor. <laughs> Such a great name. Thank Such you. A great Thank name. you. Yeah. And you do, do you have a podcast too? I do. It's the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Oh, okay. Anyone, Girlfriend Doctor, you can find her. Yes, you can find me, the Girlfriend Doctor on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on Instagram quite a bit because that's where I see the pictures of my new grandbaby too. That's so great. Thank you so much, Dr. Anna. I really love this conversation because like I said, this was an arena that I was like, oh, I'm a beginner in and I want to be more educated in this arena. So I was looking for the right person to have on for this. And I was like, okay, the girlfriend doctor is it. That's what we're going to make happen. <laughs> well, I am honored and I really have enjoyed our time together. And I thank you. I thank you for doing all the work you're doing and thanks for having me on. Okay. Wasn't she fantastic? I truly hope that this episode helps you no matter what phase you're in, maybe you're premenopause, perimenopause, menopause, whatever it is, that it helped give you some ideas of how we can take control of our health and do some things naturally and try to improve, you know, by the foods we're having, by the spices we're adding, by the vitamins, by lowering our stress, by keeping that connection with our partner and just so many layers to that. I did add everything that we talked about in the show notes, so you're welcome to reach out to that. And I know that there was a lot of information in this, but I like to bring interviews in that I think will be fascinating and have a different take or a different view or a different expertise than I do. So I hope you found this helpful. As always, you are doing better than you think you are. We'll chat next week. <laughs>